0: I learned some years ago that if there's preaching in the pulpit, somebody in the pew must be praying. So I want you to pray for these preachers who are coming tonight. Ask God to give them what they need. Would you stand with me in the singing of I'm on the battlefield." I had found it in, I don't know, now. 480, 480. On the for my Lord, I am on the battlefield for my Lord, and I promise Him that I would serve Him till I die. I'm on the battlefield feel for my loan, Verse 1 I was alone lonely I I was a sinner too. I heard the voice from heaven saying there is Oh I took my master's hand I join the Christian band I'm on the battlefield Come on, help me set Oh, I am on the battlefield For my Lord I am on For my Lord Mm, I promise, I promise, and I'm on the bound for my Lord. I love my, I left my friend, I'm bound for the promised land. The grace of God upon me, the Bible in my In distant land a cry, crying sinner come to God And I'm on the battlefield for my Lord Come on, let's sing it, sing it. Hey, I am on for my love. Oh, I promise. Uh-huh. I'm, on the bound for my love now. When now when I met my Savior, I met Him with a smile. He healed my wounded spirit, and He owned me as His child. So around the throne of grace, He upon my soul played mine uh, I am on come on say it say it oh I am on for my love oh and I promise I promise I die And I'm on the battle Come on, let's do it one more time Oh, I am Upon my Yeah hey! I serve him, i on the for my
1: Lord. Amen. Let the church say amen again. Amen. Our scripture reading tonight will come from the book of Micah chapter 6, and we will read one verse. It says, He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. The word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Gracious God, we come now in the name of Jesus, thanking you for the privilege to worship with you one more time, thanking you for Jesus our Christ. Thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost. We come tonight, O oh God, waiting and expecting a word from heaven. Speak into our lives, for we've come as a people, saying is there a word tonight from the Lord. We come needing comfort and guidance. We come needing directions and healing. And you can do all that with your word tonight, God. So give us open minds and hearts that we might be ready to receive. Not just receive, but be armored and get up and filled up that we might go out into a world. Reminding them that there is a reality in serving a true and living God. God, you know we've got a long prayer list, but you know the names. You know what they need. And we know that you're able to do whatever need be done. Your will, God, not our will be done. But we ask especially tonight that you would touch our pastor. Keep him, God, in your care. Heal his body. Allow him to rest for a minute for the miles and the work and the years that you've got ahead. As he leads and guides us. But tonight, God, you've got a man and a woman that's going to stand in John's shoes. They've spent their time with you, God. They've studied, they're prepared, and they're prophetic tonight, ready to stand and proclaim the uncompromised word with your people. You know what they need, God, but then you know what we need, those of us who will hear. Not let us just be hearers, but doers of your word. Let the evidence be stronger families, stronger church, stronger community. Let those at are loss be found and in right relationship with you. And those who claim to be saved to be on hallelujah fire. Setting other things on fire. We ask this now in the name of Jesus His name. our Christ. His name. And the church say, amen.
2: Amen. Good evening. evening. As we shared last week, Fresh Fire, Prophetic Preaching for Perilous Times, emerges from the Shiloh Associate Ministers, examining the nature of prophetic preaching through Dr. Marvin McMickle's book, Where Have All the Prophets Gone? Over the last year, we explored how the biblical prophets preached and lived with prophetic consciousness. And prophetic consciousness is the exact opposite of royal consciousness. Royal consciousness being the deeply entrenched forces, whether they be political, economic, social, or religious, the forces that maintain the status quo at the expense of the least of these. So royal consciousness offers a future that allows the people in power to stay in power while requiring the masses to remain marginalized in society. Royal consciousness allows the Donald Trumps, Mitch McConnells, John Kennedys, and Steve Scalises and others to consistently enact policies that help the rich get richer on the backs of poor and brown people. Royal consciousness allows big banks and hedge funds and Fortune 500 auto companies to bankrupt Wall Street, then expect a bailout, while regular folks get nilch, nada, nothing to bring down the cost of health care, to pay school tuition, or to buy fresh fruit and vegetables in their blighted neighborhoods. That's royal consciousness. But prophetic consciousness proclaims a vision that illustrates God's intention to bring about a future that's very different from the one that is envisioned by the royals or the wealthy elites. Prophetic consciousness is what enabled Samuel to call out Saul. It's what enabled Nathan to confront David. It's what enabled Esther to declare, if I perish, let me perish. But I'm going to see the king. That's prophetic consciousness. So tonight, Reverend Gloria Johnson and Minister Terry Venable will come in their own way and in their own individual, authentic preaching voices under the unction of the Holy Spirit, to bring fresh fire for these perilous times, preaching a prophetic sermon. And so we ask that you would pray with them and pray for them as they declare what thus saith the Lord. Amen? Amen. And our hymn of preparation will be Amazing Grace. We would ask that you all would stand and let's sing that together.
3: Praise the Lord. God is a good God. And he's worthy to be praised. I just want to give him praise, honor, and glory this evening for allowing us to come together one more time. One more time. I thank God for our pastor and... Surely, we are continuing to pray for him as God heals him as only he can. We thank God for Reverend Demetria, for her guidance and her care of our pastor. And we pray that the Lord will take care of her as well. I know it is no easy thing to take care To you, to you, to you, my co-laborers in the gospel, God bless you, and to our brothers and sisters who have come out uh, this evening, it's a blessing to share a word from the Lord. And truly, the times are just right that we share with prophetic fire. We will come this evening from the book of the prophet Amos. And, you know, I just believe that God has a way of confirming what he tells us to do, even when we don't, we don't understand what he's doing. But as I heard Minister Reverend Bridget read the scripture, it was a confirmation of this passage of scripture. So if you would turn, please, in your Bibles, because I don't want to take uh, Brother Reverend uh, Venable's time, turn in your, uh, your, your scriptures to the fifth chapter of the book of Amos, Amos 5, and there we will read uh, verse 1, and then we will skip over to uh, verses 21 through 24. If you have it, please say amen. Amen. And the word reads, and I think I did this from the message, Hear this word, Israel, this lament I take up concerning you. I hate, I despise your religious festivals. Your assemblies are a stench to me. Even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I will have no regard for them. Away with the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music of your harps. But let justice roll on like a river. Righteousness like a never-failing stream. When we read the book of Amos, it's like reading today's newspaper. And when we look at CNN and MSNBC, what we hear and see there is exactly what we read here in God's word. In our passage uh, this evening, uh, Amos condemns the social injustices of committed that are committed in Israel. The prophet is speaking to a portion of God's people who have grown, who have been blessed to become an upper class, living in luxury, but totally indifferent to the plight of the poor. While engaging in elaborate but superficial cultic practices, the rich increase their wealth by seizing the land of the poor debtors or by subject- subjecting them to slavery, denying the helpless any justice in the law of courts, cheating them in the marketplace, conspicuous consumption, debauchery, immorality characterize their lifestyle. Uh My brothers and sisters, are these the characteristics of what we witness today in these United States of America? And I might add all over The world. If we call ourselves one nation under God with liberty and justice for all, God is angry. God is angry. Uh, Minister Marvin McMickle, which uh, Reverend Dimitri referred to, he states Are we really one nation? when so few people control the wealth and power? Are we really one nation when so many people are homeless, living without medical insurance, trapped in minimum wage jobs, losing their jobs in record numbers while executives plunder their own companies and retire with unbelievable wealth? How about More than 70 or 80% even of the nation's prison population consisting of African Americans. How about when our young black men are murdered in cold blood over and over all over this country? And murderers are paid to leave their positions instead of receive the punishment, do the crime, God is angry. And that's what we're saying today, through this evening, through the prophet Amos. God is angry. We should all be angry as a nation. The people of God should be angry. Today's justices uh, injustices are like a replay of the 1960s and beyond. We have placed on even the Statue of Liberty. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. These are words that once had meaning. Oh, but as beautiful as these words are, my brothers and sisters, They were never meant for us. They were never meant for you and for me. Now we spend trillions of dollars building walls to prevent the tired, the poor, the masses of hungry, hurting, struggling to serve, to to have an opportunity for freedom. They're locked in cages like animals. It shouldn't matter to us, my brothers and sisters, what color they are. Yeah. Our forefathers and our mo- foremothers and parents, grandparents, they have gone through the same thing in years gone by. Yes. We should not forget no. what God has done for us and what God has done. Brought us through. God is angry this evening. Brothers and sisters, let us be reminded our God is not a God of a particular race. Our God does not discriminate, He makes the rain to fall and the sun and the shine on the just and the unjust. Amos reminds us in earlier verses. I, I, God said, I made the constellations. I hung the sun, the moon, the stars in the terrestrial uh, uh, sky. I, I created the rivers, the oceans, and I, I dipped from the rivers and oceans and, and dampened and, uh, the, the, the grounds that we must tread upon. The Lord is his name. God declares in Malachi 3 and 6, am the Lord. Yeah. I change not. Hmm. So it's not by accident that we must look back and delve into what God has said. He said it to his people before and he's saying it again. I am God and I change not. I wanted justice then, and I want justice now. God is right. He's angry this evening. I I reflected as I read uh, the words of Fannie Lou Hamer. She said, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I believe if God, God could just might be saying, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired of what's going on. Around here. She also mentioned that uh, uh, if Christ was walking the earth in 1968, he would be banded a a, a, a radical, a a militant, even a red, which uh, I I saw referred to communists. Don't know how that goes with that. But uh, what would we call him today? Well, you know, I really don't know what we would call him today. But one thing I do know, he is a liberating God. He is a liberating God. And and I can testify that I'm one of his liberating children. Hallelujah. And he's expecting his people to do the same thing today that he expected them to do yesterday. God is angry. And this evening I have... uh, three points and you're going to be tickled when you hear them. They are all the same. (laughs) Line your walk up with your talk. Do I need to say that again? Line your walk up with your talk. Pardon me just a minute. Our walk must line up with our talk. Our walk must line up with our talk. We are a blessed people. God has brought us from a mighty long way. And I know many of us, if we would tell the truth, you're surprised to be where you are. Oh, because we've come from some dark places but by the grace of God we are who we are praise his holy name we, we, we say we love the Lord hmm? on the inside of these walls on the inside of these walls and, and, and we say we love the Lord with people that we feel comfortable with but where is the love where is the care where is the concern for those that are not like us, my brothers and sisters? Especially those that are on the outside of safety. Those that who, have, who have not come to Jesus Christ and accepted him as their Lord and their Savior. Well, God is angry this evening. He said in... The words of the prophet, I hate, I despise, and I take no delight in your assemblies. No delight in your church services, my brothers and sisters. Your songs are noise to me. Your offerings are meaningless to me. Why does he say it? Because you afflict the righteous. You take bribes. Hmm. You push aside the needy. You keep silent when you should speak up. You ought to vote and you don't vote. God is angry. We can't blame anyone but ourselves today. And this is what God is saying. I'm sick and tired of your hypocritical ways. I'm sick and tired of you coming into the church And you go through the motion of worship. But when you exit the doors, it's altogether different. You're not being the the salt and the light of the world that God has called us to be. God is angry. He's angry. He's angry. You and I, we are all covenant Israel. We are his possession. We are a chosen people. We are a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. Israel's purpose is our purpose. Hallelujah. We are to be that salt. We are to be the light in this darkened world. The times were gloomy then. They were dark. They're gloomy, and they're dark now. Oh, but we have a God who never slumbers, and he never sleeps. He is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above anything we might think or imagine. But we got to wake up. We got to look up. We got to speak up. We got to stand up and be who we are it's time out for games my brothers and sisters he has not let me stay here this long to hold back on what god wants to be said and done we are to walk in the light as he is the light hallelujah oh we thank god for giving us a chance to get it right we are in here We have a chance to get it right. We are hearing the word of our God. He says, it's not by power and it's not by might, but it's by my spirit. And it's through the power of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who hung one day on Calvary's rugged cross. He hung, he bled, and he died. God's covenant was ratified in the blood of Jesus. Do you know it was the blood? Do you know it was the blood? It is the power, the wonder-working power of the blood of Jesus that will enable us to stand up And be who God has called us to be. It's not just the preachers in the pulpit. It's the people in the pew. God is able. God is able. And God is angry. He's angry. Stand up. Stand up for Jesus. Ye soldiers of the cross. Lift high his royal banner, it must not suffer loss. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, it must not suffer loss. God is angry. God is angry. Get up. Stand up. Stop complaining. Do what God has called you to do. Hallelujah. Then you'll have peace. Then you'll have joy. Even if they kick you and do all manner of evil against you, you know you've done what God wants you to do. Hallelujah. Praise his holy name. Let your walk line up with your talk. Let your walk line up with your talk. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. It's time to stop playing church. It's time to stop playing church, my brothers and sisters. Get up. Stand up. Stand up. Do the right thing. Say the right thing. Be the people God God called us to be. Hallelujah. God is good. Bless you.
2: thank you for that word thank you for that word Lord just play a little bit I want to walk worthy my calling my calling to fulfill please order my steps Lord and I'll do his perfect will and I'll do The world is ever changing. Ever changing. But you are still the same. Yeah. But you are still the same. If you order my steps, I'll praise your name. I'll praise your name. Just play that one more time. Will you sing along? I want to walk worthy. I want to walk worthy. Worthy The same god yes you are but you are still the same if you order my steps i'll praise your name, I'll praise your name. one more time i want to walk worthy i want to walk worthy i want to walk worthy Lord, and I'll do, and I'll do your blessed will. The world is ever changing, but you are still the same. But you are still the same. If you water my steps, I'll praise your name. I'll praise your Let's give the Lord a hand cap of praise as Minister Venable comes. Amen.
4: Amen. God is good. All the time. And all the time, God is good. I give obedience to God, who is the great head of not just my life, but all of our lives. To these ministers, male and female, of the gospel, who have both the burden and the blessing of preaching. To you, my father's children, and my Shiloh family, I say good evening. It's another day's journey, and I'm glad about it. I'm appreciative for this opportunity. I never thought, first of all, I'd ever be standing here in Shiloh. I've been here over the last few years, off and on. Back when Charles T. was here, he used to say, come on. i say, Reb, I just ain't ready. Tell everybody, say, come on, man. Come on, man. Shiloh's the best church around. I just wasn't ready, but now I'm here, and so I have to do that, which God has called me to do, but I am appreciative because of Pastor Fred Jeff and his lovely wife, uh, Reverend Demetria Smith, And, and I just thank God for them. I'm also humbled by the fact that I'm standing in a spot where there have been great preachers of the gospel. I don't consider myself one, but I understand that there has been some great word come from here, including the word that we just got from Reverend Glow. We, you know, I've been watching her for years, too, just like Sister Patsy and Sister Jennifer. I've been watching them for years, and they have never stopped. And tonight, I just want to lift up a word, a word that I hope will help us understand our purpose in the church. But when I'm done, you'll realize that there is no church because we are the church, not the building. See, when Jesus returns, if if what we call every Sunday is going to church, then that means the pews are going to ascend, the building is going to ascend, and all of us are going to be sitting here just looking. No, we are, look at your neighbor and say, we are the church. I am the church. After some great preaching last week, and they talked a lot about the the, the socialistic problems that we have in this country. So I don't have to revisit that. As we speak right now, there is an active shooting uh, situation going on in my hometown of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Six police officers have already been shot. We are dealing in times where there is nothing going good for us as a people. <clears throat> we live in a system where there's pers- incarceration over rehabilitation, punishment over prevention. And then you always hear about the word justice. Justice is just what it says, just us white folks. Amen. Turn your Bibles to the book of Acts. <laughs> the book of Acts chapter 8. In the book of Acts, which is probably my favorite book of the Bible, I love the book of Acts. But Acts chapter 8 caught my attention because there was a man here in Acts 8 that didn't worry about his surroundings, that didn't worry about what he was told to do. He was obedient in spite of what it looked like in front of him. I'm going to have to read for time constraints uh, somewhat expeditiously, but I'm going to read Acts chapter 8, and I'm going to start in the 26th verse. The Bible says, now angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, he went on his way, he met an Ethiopian uh, treasurer of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. And on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. And then Philip ran to the chariot, heard what the man was reading, Isaiah the prophet. He said, do you understand what you are reading? He said, how can I, unless someone explains it to me? So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch was reading this passage of scripture. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before the is silent, and so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is this prophet they're talking about, himself or someone else? Philip began with that very passage and told him the good news. He began preaching Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Lord, here is water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both him, Philip, and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him anymore. Again, tell your neighbor, I am the church. This passage of scripture is somewhat interesting because when you look at what was going on here, Philip was out, was told to go out into a desert. But before we go there, let's understand how Philip ended up in Samaria. Back in verse 3 and 4, the Bible tells us that Saul, who was eventually Paul, had just oversaw the stoning of Stephen, and now he's persecuting the church in Jerusalem. Can I tell you that sometimes, even though we have trials and tribulations, we still have to listen to what God tells us to do. Philip was at risk of losing his very life, so the church scattered. Now, the church did not run to the serenity of the sanctuary. They did not run into their homes, but they went out and began preaching Jesus. And so when I look at that and I look at all that goes on around, I ask the simple question, why is this not happening today? Because the Bible does say, you know, we should see a difference in what goes on around us. The Bible does say in 2 Chronicles simply that if my people, he said he would heal the land. Why do we not see healing going on? It must be understood that one of the biggest responsibilities of the body of Christ is to preach Jesus. Yes. Amen. See, we have to learn what Matthew 28 meant when it said, Go, therefore, and make disciples, teach them, and baptize them. We have to learn to get out of the walls. Tonight I want to visit Acts because when I look at everything that happened in the book of Acts, here's Philip going through a transition period in his life. Can I tell you, looking at your life about to be taken away from you, that is something to deal with. Some of us deal with body aches. Some of us deal with cancer. Some of us deal with with, with children who just won't listen. Some of us deal with spouses who are just destructive and they destroy the marriage. They destroy the children. They destroy the family structure. But yet in the midst of all of this, we have to move forward. Amen. Amen. So when I look at Philip, his preaching of Jesus Christ brought attention to some of the big guys. Because the Bible says in verse 14, if you go back and look at it or just jot it down, that when uh, Peter, everybody know Peter now, but when Peter and John heard what Philip was doing in Samaria, they went down to Samaria. Now, here it is. Philip has this distinction. Amen. He, he's able to sit with the big wigs of the gospel. The Fred Jeff Smiths. The T.D. Jakes, the Rod Parsleys, and some of these are ministers sitting here behind me. But yet he's sitting there. He is with these guys. They're talking about old times. They're talking about how good it was in Jerusalem before Saul showed up. They're talking about all of the things that are going on and went on, but now they're here filling Philip's head up. Yeah, man, you're doing a great job. Can I tell you it's not about what you do, but it's about what God does. None of us here can have that, can, can stand here and just say what God, ha, I mean, what, what I have done. Because I'm going to tell you something. If it wasn't for the Lord on my side, I wouldn't even be standing here. Amen. See, sometimes somebody has to preach Jesus. If Rod Parsley hadn't preached Jesus over the TV screen when I was locked up in federal prison, I never would have known that there was a Savior. Amen. Oh, I ain't ashamed to claim it because it is what it is. Ain't none of us, everybody got a background. And every one of us got skeletons in the closet. And excuse my Ebonics, I'm used to preaching to a younger crowd. I deal with urban ministry, I deal with people in the street. So you learn the lingo. But the reality of it is we have to have Jesus preached wherever we are. Now Philip, he's there with the guy, he's there with the big boys. As uh, Emmanuel just said, uh, the big dogs. You know, they used to say, if you can't run with the big dogs, then stay on the porch. Well, Philip is out there. He's rolling. He's doing, he's with these guys. He's had a great ministry. God has brought, he has let God use him to bring people to Christ. People got saved under Philip's ministry. Now, he's in the serenity of the sanctuary. Maybe they had Starbucks. Or coffee call, but they sitting in the air conditioning. Everything is cool. It's copaesthetic. But then all of a sudden, the Bible says the Spirit spoke to Philip. Philip, it didn't speak loud because Peter and John didn't hear it. Philip, I know it's nice and cool in that air conditioned place, but I need you to go out into the desert. I'm talking to some folk now, some preachers, who in the minute they hear something like that, now the first thing they're going to they gonna holly, ain't nothing but the devil. <laughs> God ain't told me to mess up my new weave. God ain't told me to sweat out my suit. I am in the air condition, and that's just the problem. And that brings me to, really, my only point. Listen and understand when the Spirit is speaking. I'm talking to some people that, you know, we want to blame the devil. The devil get more credit than anybody I know. We got so many lies out on the devil. Oh, the devil made me do it. Flip Wilson used to say that every time he bought a dress or something he wasn't supposed to have. The devil made him do it. Can I tell you, the devil don't do no more than we allow him to do. Some folk tell me I'm saved. I'm sanctified. I'm filled with the Spirit, and I'm on my way home. The devil don't bother me. Well, Charles Spurgeon said the devil never kick a dead mule. If you ain't got no resistance, excuse the ebonics, then you are not walking with Jesus. (laughs) Philip is in the... Now, Philip heard this. He gets up from the air conditioning, and he goes out into the desert. See, God got a sense of humor. Not only did God tell him to go into the desert, God said, you see that chariot? Way down there. Go catch it. Now, how you, hold up. How many of y'all ever been in the desert? Anybody ever been in the desert? It's hot. It's hot. It's hot, and there ain't no water. And if you don't know nothing about living off the land, you don't know to go cut the cactus and get your little, uh, little juice out the cactus plants. He's in the desert. God in his greatness, go run, go catch that chariot. But watch this. When you go out that front door, you know over there is drug users, drug addicts, uh, uh, drug dealers. Over here, you know it's gang bangers, homicidal maniacs, and all kinds of people. Philip knew what was to the right and to the left, but he didn't know what was straight ahead. He ran out. He's running up on some people. He don't know their colors. He ain't never heard that language. He don't know what these people are capable of doing. He don't know who got a Uzi. He don't know who got a handgun. All he knows is the Spirit of God said, go out into the desert. And while you're out there, run. Show me how fast you are. Catch that chariot. He caught up with the chariot. He heard them read in Isaiah 53. He says, look, do you understand? He says, no, how can I without a preacher? Can I tell you, everybody ain't called to preach, but everybody is called to preach the gospel. (laughs) Hold up now. There's two commandments in the Bible everybody's familiar with. One is love the Lord your God with all your heart. The other one is love your neighbor as yourself. I got a rhetorical question. If you don't love your neighbor as yourself, are you being disobedient? Yeah. If you don't preach Jesus to your neighbor, second commandment, well, third one, Acts 28. All power in heaven and earth have been given unto me, therefore, go Fred, go Terry, go Demetria. No. He didn't list no names. He didn't say go preacher. He didn't say go evangelist. He didn't say anything. He said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. All nations. All kind of people. You know, my mom used to tell me, Terry, it takes all kind of people. I'm rushing. I got to get out of here. It takes all kind of people to make a world. Go therefore and preach to the drug addict. (laughs) Go therefore and preach to the homeless man. Go, therefore, and preach to the bum under the bridge. Go, therefore, and feed the hungry. But can I tell you something? There's nothing wrong with feeding, folks. But the old saying was if you feed a a, a man, you know, he'll eat for a day. You feed a man a fish, you'll eat for a day. But if you teach a man how to fish, you'll eat for a lifetime. Now, look, I'm, I'm moving toward my clothes. Philip went out into the desert. Philip ran up to the chariot. The Bible says in verse 38 that God said, go. He said, go in Matthews 28. Now, the difference is Philip heard that and he went. What about us today? What are we going to do when God says, get up and go? We must look. I read a book recently by Charles Bonner. It's called uh, Revolution. And he said in this book that 95% of people that profess Jesus in this day and age will never lead one soul to Christ. Is that disobedience? You'll never lead one soul to Christ. We must have a paradigm shift. We need to stop hanging, open a door up and say, look, come on in. We need to go, get away from being a come-to church to a go-to church. Can I tell you now that just because you open that door don't mean folk going to come in. But if we get out and do what God called us to do and go, guess what? Folk going to get saved. Yeah. Amen. So, when I, when, I, when I think about all that, we must learn to penetrate the culture. A paradigm shift is simply changing a, a, different, a, mind, a different mindset. But can I tell you, in Ebonics, change ain't changed until we change the way we think. Now, I'm, I'm concerned because I understand that Philip preached Jesus. Now, here's the good news in one afternoon, not one year not five years, not as long as it takes some uh, uh, churches to baptize somebody, but in one afternoon, a man got convicted, he got saved, he got baptized, and he became part. You know what? At that particular moment, the angels in heaven rejoiced. Now, Peter, I mean, Philip preached a man. His name is Jesus. Who is this Jesus? He's Mary's baby. Who is this Jesus? Jesus. He's a bright and morning star. Who is this Jesus? He's a lily in the valley. Who is this Jesus? He's God's one and only son. Who is this Jesus? He's a friend that's closer than a brother. Who is this Jesus? Can I tell you? He's the love of my life. Who is this? Well, you know, some of y'all might not know him yet. But who is this Jesus? He's the one that hung bled and died that you and I might live. Who is this Jesus? He is the Rose of Sharon. Who is this Jesus? He's a mind regulator and a heart fixer. Who is this Jesus? He's a bridge over troubled water. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I'm getting excited like Fred Jeff now. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I want to talk about Jesus. Jesus, you're the center of my joy and all that's good and perfect comes from you. Mm. You're the heart of
3: mine
2: heart of ten and
4: hope for
2: all. Jesus,
0: you're the center of my my joy. Jesus, you're You're the center center of my joy. The gospel has been preached. And And if you're here tonight, and have not surrendered your way, your will. You're the heart of my contentment. Unto the Lord our I Savior. Jesus, this is a good time. You're the center of
2: my joy
0: Oh, yeah. Jesus. Jesus, we invite you to come and give your life to the one who died on Calvary.